next. And so uh, excited uh, for what God uh, is doing uh, in her and through her. When they were here, if you remember, we, um, uh, of course, ERM sang a whole, a whole bunch while they were here. And then Emma sang a, um, sang a song uh, just because, you know, she's from here. And so they, they sang, she sang a song. Um, <laughs> they, they were like, um, we, didn't, we didn't know you sang like that. And so um, f- from when they left here to every church they went to, Emma had to sing that song wherever she went to. And uh, so she's been, she's been pretty busy, and um, we're just uh, really uh, proud of her. Thank you for your prayers uh, uh, again for Wendy. Um, we ended up in the emergency room uh, last uh, yesterday, and um, a part of her, uh, they took out her staples. That went well, and, um, but down towards the bottom, uh, the skin split, and uh, they ended up having to clean it all out again and put a, a couple staples uh, back in there. Um, not, you know, not five steps back, so we're thankful for that. It was no infection. Uh, they're putting her on uh, an extra antibiotic uh, both orally and topically, uh, just in case. But, um, uh, you know, you always think worst case scenario, right? And so we're thinking, oh boy, another surgery. And, um, and so, but it, it wasn't, they just were able to clean it and, um, and, and pulled out. I, I, I don't know. Some of y'all are okay with needles. This old boy doesn't do them. And so, but, uh, they pulled out a needle. I bet it was as long as the stem of that flower there. I mean, that thing, and when you don't like needles, they get longer, and uh, I mean, that thing was about that long, and uh, so I was watching the whole thing until they pulled the needle out, and I was like, yeah, I'm done, and so um, I'll stick with my profession, appreciate it, but um, they had a number up and, and do all that, and uh, she, she's been a, a trooper through it all, so I'm so, uh, so thankful for your prayers, uh, because prayers, uh, prayers work, and uh, I know the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Uh, avail of much. And so uh, thank you uh, to all the men and women uh, that have uh, diligently uh, prayed for Wendy and um, uh, thank you for your continued prayers. Titus chapter number two. So I've been fighting this whatever, whatever's, whatever's going on and um, probably from being in the hospital and, 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 uh, and all that. But um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to not strain too hard uh, uh, this morning, uh, but Titus chapter number two, Titus chapter two, I want to read a few verses for you. We're going to be kind of a little bit all over the place this morning, but, um, uh, I want to, uh, preach to you a, a message, uh, entitled the love of a mother, the love of a mother, Titus chapter two, verse number one, but speak thou things which becometh sound doctrine that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, Sound in faith and charity and patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. Now I want you to get this last part, that the word of God be not blasphemed, that the word of God be not blasphemed. As we look at uh, this passage of Scripture and so many other uh, passages of Scripture, you can turn 
to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You could turn to John chapter 19. There's so many passages you could turn to that speak about uh, the love uh, that we are to have for one another. Love is often often a missing element in our society. True love. I'm talking about I'm talking about the love that we find in the Bible. I know love, the word love is thrown around a lot in our society. Um, <clears throat> I remember as a kid, I can't tell you how many times I was in love with a girl that sat across from me. You know, I mean, uh, I, I just, I mean, I, I was only, you know, eight, but, you know, I loved her to the, to the core of my being. You remember those little puppy, we call them puppy loves, right? And, uh, and, and we love, and, and, we, and we even say this. Let me tell you something. Man, that food was so good, I loved it. You ever said that before? I mean, I loved that food. I mean, it was so good. So we throw, throw around the word love, but <clears throat> when you get the meaning from the Bible, love is actually a pretty rare thing. We love, the Scripture tells us, because He first loved us. That's the reason that we love, is because He uh, God loves us, and we're supposed to take that love and love one another. See, love is not attached to uh, not attached to circumstances. Love is not attached to uh, what's in it for me. A lot of love today is I'll love you if you love me. I'll love you as long as things are going good. When things start going rough, well, wait a minute, I'm going to have to. St- I'm going to have to step back a little bit. I, lo- I love you when, you know, you're, 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 you're cooking dinner and you're doing this and you're, you're, you're paying, but man, your health goes bad, then wait a minute, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. That's not, that's not true love. True love doesn't have attachments. True love doesn't say, if you do this, then I'll love you. Uh, true love is, I love you no, no matter what might happen, no matter what the circumstances uh, uh, might look like true love. Think about this: true love covers a multitude of sins. True love covers a multitude of sins. Generally, let me tell you what we do. Generally, somebody wrongs us, and they go on a list. Now, it might not be written. It might be, but not might be written. But it's a little black book that we have in our mind. Little black book, and believe it or not, I've seen people that actually have a little black book, and they write people's names in it that have wronged them and what they've done. And what do we do? We hold on to what people have done. Now, I want to say this it is actually easier to forgive than to forget. So I get that. When something bad is done to you, when something bad is said about you, isn't it interesting? Somebody can tell you that you're a great person. Somebody can tell you that uh, they love your whatever. Uh, Somebody can say all sorts of good things about you. You forget all those things, but you remember that one jerk, right? That one person. Okay, maybe they're not a jerk. Maybe they are. That one person that said something that was mean, said something that was inappropriate, said something that wasn't necessary, somehow, listen to me, somehow I can't remember where I put my keys. I put my glasses down. Listen, 
If my kids are anywhere around me and I put my glasses down, they pick them up. Because I know 10 minutes from now, I'll have no idea where I put my glasses. Can't remember where I put my keys. Can't remember. Have you ever done this? Have you ever put, you ever put money to the side and forgot about it? I never forget about money. <clears throat> it's, by the way, it's a really cool thing to do, actually, uh, if you discover it. Now, it's not a good thing if you don't ever discover it. But do you know how easy we forget things? But when it comes to being wronged, we have a tendency to remember that. We have a tendency to bring it back up. We have a tendency to hold it against somebody else. I would love him, except he'd done this. I would love her, except she said this. Aren't you glad this morning that God's not like that? Aren't you glad that God doesn't say, listen, I'd love you, except... I don't know about you, but I have a lot of accepts. I have a lot of reasons that God shouldn't love me. But love covers a multitude of sins, of troubles, of problems. We get in arguments. We get, you know, we find ourselves in circumstances. We, have, we find ourselves with people saying stuff odd against us. Some people, it's an interesting fact, But some people want everybody to like them. There's probably some people sitting in here. It's just you just have a hard time if somebody doesn't like you. I want you to know something about what God tells us to do. When God tells us to love, he does not tell us to do the part of the other person. I can't make Wendy love me. Wendy has to make that decision for herself. I can, however, love her. No matter what she says, no matter what she does, I can, I can make the choice because, by the way, love is more than a feeling. Love is a choice. We choose to love. We choose not to love. Well, preacher, I just tell you, I've heard people say it. I just, I just fell out of love. Well, let me tell you something, buddy. You married or fall back in love. Are we commanded to do that? Are we commanded to love? Yes. And this idea, she did this or he did that. Now, I understand there are some bad things that have been done. But how do I know that often our love is so superficial because relationships are broken left and right just because somebody did something to us? If I broke every relationship because somebody did something bad to me, I wouldn't have any relationships. Isn't that true? Think about it. Just think about it for a second. The person sitting next to you, I promise you this much, they can say what they want to, but they're not perfect. They have faults. They have failures. I mean, they, I mean, I, I'm, it looks like some of y'all are breaking your bubble, but I, it's just a facts. I mean, we are human beings, right? So what do we need? We need something that will cover a multitude of those problems. And what is that something? That something is love. Think about it with me for just a few minutes this morning when it comes to a loving mother. Or you could put in there a Christian, 
a loving Christian, uh, someone uh, that is commanded uh, to love. Our love, think about this, as a Christian, as a believer, our love identifies us with each other and with our God. Did you ever think about that? Our love identifies us with each other and with our God. John chapter 13. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. How are men going to know that we are his disciples? Now, he could have said by our grace. He could have said by our mercy, our patience. He could have said by our good works. He could have said a whole bunch of things, couldn't he? But what did he say? How are people going to know that we are his disciples by our love? One for another. That's how we're going to, that's how other people are going to know. That's how people are going to know that we're different. That's how people are going to know that we're not like the world. Because we have love one for another. When it comes to our children, when it comes to our spouses, when it comes to brothers and sisters in Christ, when it comes to others, we need to be men and women of love. Think about this. Number one, love in your heart. Love in your heart. Back uh, to the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter number 10. Listen to what the scripture says. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 27. Love uh, in your heart. Love in your heart. Luke chapter 10 and verse 27. And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. I'm pretty sure he's covering the whole gamut here, isn't he? We need to love the Lord our God with everything that we have. I want you to know, sometimes when the Bible's says something in the Word of God, it, it means something a little bit different than what we think of in our minds today. One example is the word conversation. The word conversation in our vernacular means that we're, having, we're talking back and forth. We're having a conversation. In the Bible, the word conversation means a lifestyle. It means more than talking. It means walking. It means who we are, our lifestyle. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, that, a, that a, uh, a saved wife can win her husband to the Lord through her conversation. That, that doesn't mean just her talking. It means her lifestyle, how she lives in front of her husband. Another word is the word heart, right? When you think of the word heart, you think of this muscle that's in your body that's pumping blood through your body. If your heart stops... You did, right? Your heart stops pumping. It's bad when you get a blockage, right? And they got to go in with a stint, or they got to do open heart, or they got to clear it out. Why? Because without, without that heart, you can't live. Well, when the Bible talks about the word heart, it's not talking about that organ. We don't, we don't ask God to come into this organ, in our, right? What is our heart? Our heart is who we are. To our core. You see... Sometimes who we are is a facade. 
Sometimes who we are, we, we put on an act. Matter of fact, the Bible has a biblical word for it. It's the word hypocrite. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is really just an actor. You're acting, you're acting like you're one thing, but you're really another. I always say, you want to know somebody, ask their children. That's who, the, who, the, who they really are. I've really tried throughout my ministry, I've really tried ever since I've been saved to be the same person everywhere I am. Whether I'm at church or, at, you know, at one point I was working in the secular field where I was there, or whether I was at home, I always wanted my kids, I wanted my family, I wanted people that were around me to know that wherever you see me, I'm the same person. It's, it's who I am. And, and now, there are some things that you don't see, right? Most of you in here have never seen me in shorts, and you probably never will. But, but Lily was over to the house last night, and, and, and I had my... I had my, sh- my shirt still on. It was in the middle of the night. I said, listen, you've got to go to bed or leave because I've got to get. And she said, you're, you're going to take your shirt off? I said, I don't wear a three-piece suit to bed. <laughs> so some things, right? There are some things that you may not see me do or I might not see you do, but we should be the same person wherever we go. And when it comes to our love, That's how other people are going to know that we're disciples of Jesus Christ. If you're the same, keep using that word jerk. I don't know why, but it's there. You're that same person. You're that same mean person that's that's sitting on the stool next to you. Then why would why would somebody come to you? Why not just go to the to their boss because he's a jerk, or why not go to a coworker because he's a jerk, or why not go to... You see, what separates us from the world is the love of God. And the reason we're able to love like God loves is because God loves us. See, it begins with love in your heart. Have you been saved? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Because God loves you. Think about this. Uh, love, love is demonstrated. It's demonstrated in the Word of God. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder. When I came to Reagan Baptist Temple, I had meetings before I came here. And I knew what was expected of me before I took this job. Matter of fact, I not only knew it verbally, but I knew it in writing because of a, of a job description that I would have when I, came to this, when I came to this church. I knew it was expected of me. Why? Because it was told. If you want your kids to obey, then you need to give them the command. You don't say, I can't believe you didn't take out the trash. Did you tell them to take out the trash? Well, I shouldn't have to. No, no, no. They have to be taught, right? They have to be shown. Romans 5 and 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? So God, uh, but God commendeth his love toward us. God showed, he demonstrated his love. So I don't want you to guess uh, how to love other people. I want to show you how to love other people. And God gave his life. 
Have you accepted Him as your Savior? Are you born again? Because God, in the person of Jesus Christ, came and lived a perfect, sinless life. He died upon the cross, shed His innocent, perfect blood, died, was buried, and rose again the third day so that we could have life and that we can have it more abundantly. You see, we failed. And we continue to fail. That's why you can't get to heaven on your own merit. It's impossible. It's an absolute impossibility. Isaiah said, our, our righteousnesses is filthy rags. It's the best we have. The best we can bring to the table. It's Jesus Christ had to come and he had to die in our place. And he did. He did just that. Have you received him into your heart and your life? God demonstrated his love. God commended his love. He showed his love. Love is demonstrated. Number two, love is duplicated. Right? Love is duplicated. So God loves us, so we're supposed to take that love and love one another. Watch this in Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse number 1, the Bible says, Be followers of God as dear children. Verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. You know, God said, listen, let me tell you what God said. I loved you, and I love you. Now I want you to take that love and love one another. So he doesn't, he doesn't say, I want you to guess on how to love. He says, this is how I want you to love. Do you know the Bible? Listen, husbands, do you know the Bible says to love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it? That's a, that's a tall glass of water. Because Jesus Christ died for the church, and he gave himself for the church, and the church did not deserve it. That's why it's grace and mercy, folks. It's because we don't deserve what God has done for us. We don't deserve what Jesus has done for us. And God loved us in spite of us. Love duplicated. You see, I have a sign in my office, and I wasn't able to put, my, I wasn't able to put that sign in my office while I had chairs in there to do counseling because my wife said it was... It was rude. So now my, my chairs are in another office, so I've got this featured in my office. It says, build a bridge and get over it. Wouldn't that help a lot of things? If we just got over some things? Do you even remember why you're mad at so-and-so? Do you even remember why you're angry, why you don't have a relationship with so-and-so anymore? Let me tell you why relationships are broken. Here it is. It's just really simple. It's called pride. It's called pride. You know what we don't want to do? We don't want to admit we're wrong. We don't want to say we're sorry. It's almost like we don't want to do that because it makes us vulnerable. Let me tell you something. We need to be vulnerable. We need to be mending relationships, not breaking them. And the only way to do that is through love. And it's through the love that God has shown uh, to us. God didn't have to show it to us. And no, you don't have to show it to other people. But it is part of that duplicated 
love. John chapter 15, if you're taking notes, and verse 12. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 12. Over and over and over again. The Bible says that we are to duplicate the love that God has loved us with. Let me be real blunt with you because the Bible is really blunt in the book of 1 John. The Bible says this. If you say that you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what God said. God said, if you say you proclaim, listen, we love to proclaim how much we love God. I mean, we love the shout from the housetops. We love all our plaques on the wall. We love our fish on the back of our car. And we love all these things that proclaim that we love God. I just can't stand people. That's really, that's really what we should put on our bumper stickers. I love God, but I hate people. I've heard preachers say this. And I'm ashamed to say it. I've said it a time or two in my life. The, the ministry would be awesome if it wasn't for people. There wouldn't be a ministry if it wasn't for people. Right? And God tells us, now, now listen, I want, you to, I want you to see this. God never said it'd be easy. This idea, this idea that things are going to be easy is, 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 is foreign to the Bible. God didn't say it was going to be easy. Some people are easy to love. They really are. Because they love you. There are people that have been in my life that, to this day, I mean, I don't even hardly talk about them or talk to them, but, but I have a relationship with them. Why? Because we have a, a mutual love for each other. My wife, easy to love. My children, easy to love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> e- easy to love, right? I mean, why? Because my wife and children. People in our church, I mean, that are there for you, pray for you. Hey, preachers, want to let you know I'm behind you. Easy to love. And I'm just telling you the truth. There are some people that are not so easy to love. But that doesn't give us an excuse to say, I'm not going to love that person because it's hard. I'm not going to love that person because they don't love me. There are plenty of people There are plenty of people that have been in my life that I have spoken to, and I'm just going to be quite honest with you, that I didn't care to speak to. I'm just telling you the truth. But you know what? It was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to go over, and that that person was ugly to me, and that person said some bad things about me, and that person did some bad things against me. But you know what? I I still try and go and talk to them. I still try to keep... Lines of communication open. There are some people that don't like me. Now, my wife, it breaks her heart. I'm not bothered. I, I, don't, I don't try to get people not like me. But if you don't like me, that's not my problem. Okay? That's nothing, that's, that, that's nothing new. It might be perceived to be something that I've done. But whatever, it's not my problem. It's not my job to make you like me. But it is, is my job to duplicate God's love that he loved me with to love you with. That is my job. And by the way, that's your job too. That's not just for the preacher. That's for all of us. Love demonstrated. God demonstrated it for us and to us. And then he expects us 
to duplicate that love for other people. This love in our heart. Love is demonstrated. Love is duplicated. Let me give you this last one. Love is a decision. Kind of already alluded to this. But love is a decision. Something that we decide to do. When you get pulled over by the police because you are speeding, stop the excuses. You chose to push your foot on that pedal to make it go faster than what the sign said it to do. You chose that. Nobody chose to make you go faster in your car. So when the police pull you over, Grow up. They pull, listen, I've been pulled over before. They say, you, you know how fast you're going? I said, yes. That's what the speedometer's for. Yeah, I know how fast I was going. Well, you know you're speeding? Yes. Well, why were you speeding? Because I was in a hurry. I mean, I'm not trying to be smart. I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm telling you right now, I've got out of tickets just from being honest. I'm not kidding. Now, if they're going to let me out of a ticket, I'm not going to demand one. I don't want justice. I want mercy, right? I mean, that's what, we're, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for justice. If we were looking for justice, we'd stop the car and say, Officer, write me up now. I want a ticket. You have me going 20 over? No, I was going 23 over. That's justice, by the way. We don't want justice. Listen to me, church. You don't want justice. You want mercy. Spiritually. You want mercy. Let me tell you what justice says. Justice says you're guilty and you deserve to go to hell. That's what justice says. Mercy says Jesus died for you on the cross, was buried, rose again the third day, and you can go to heaven. That's, that's a hard choice, right? What do we want? We want mercy. Love is a choice. Decide. Husband, decide to love your wife. Wife, Decide to love your husband. Parents, decide to love your children. Will your children, how many people in here have grown children? Most of us, right? Can you give testimony this morning that at some point in your growing up years of your kids, they gave you reason to want to bonk them on the head? Man, I, could, I don't have enough mics to pass around to give testimony to that, right? Why? Because they're not perfect. I bet you if I asked those grown kids, they'd say the same thing. They wanted to bonk mom and dad on the head. Why? Because we are imperfect. That's who we are. But what we do is what we decide to do. Stop blaming everything on your circumstances. Stop blaming everything on your parents, on your upbringing. Stop blaming everything on your church and your preacher and everything else. The things you do, you choose to do. You choose to do them. You might hate your job, but you choose to work there. No, i got to have a job. No, there's other jobs. I remember when we were in school, we were in Bible college, we could only miss one service, one service. So most of us missed, obviously, Wednesday night because we had to work. We had to work nights because we were at school during the day. And so our job, I'd worked there for quite a while. Several of us from the college worked at this place. 
And they were constantly trying to get us to work on Sunday. Just this one Sunday, we need, we need you to work. And I'd say, just this one Sunday, I cannot. And I can't next Sunday, and I can't the following Sunday. And one time they gave me an ultimatum. Listen, we have no other choice. You either work this Sunday or you're without a job. And I said, okay, well, thank you for the job that you've given me. I'll go look for another. You know why? Because it's a choice. Yeah, you got to pay your bills. I get it. Yeah, you got to work. I get it. You don't work, you don't eat. I get it. This is a scriptural concept. But I want you to understand something. You still have a choice. You decide. You decide if you walk away from a relationship. You decide to, to how you live your life. And you decide if you're going to love or not love. If we decide not to love, we choose to hold back the love that God has loved us with to love other people. We're holding that back. You see, there are sins of commission, the things that we do that we shouldn't do, and there are sins of omission, things that we should be doing that we're not. Him that knoweth to do good, doeth it not, to him it is sin. God said we're supposed to love one another, and when we don't, it's sin, folks. And we're choosing, we're deciding. That might not taste good, and that might feel good. And you might say, well, you don't know what he's done, and you don't know what she's done. I can tell you right now, I can give testimony of people that are in relationships who have forgiven a dirty, rotten, stinking jerk for things that they've done because they love that person. You say, ah, well, I couldn't do that. Well, let me tell you something. If you're enjoying the love of God, that's what you're enjoying in your life right now. Because God loves you regardless of what you've done or what you've said. If God washed his hands of you every time you did something wrong, we'd never know what the love of God is. But I'm glad today, and I'm glad every day, in spite of me, God loves me. Now I'm supposed to take that love and duplicate it and decide and choose that I'm going to love others. I'm going to love them so that they can see Christ in me. I'm going to love them because it's right to love. I'm going to love them because it's biblical to do. I'm going to choose those things just as much as when I leave this place, and some of you are already thinking about it, and have already been thinking about it, what you're going to eat for lunch. What am I going to, what am I, I'm going to choose. I'm listening. I chose before I left the house. We already know we're getting, mama can't come out, so we're going to bring lunch to mama. And we, we got it all settled up and got it, but I chose. And when that food comes, I can't, listen, when that fried chicken comes, <laughs> man, I like me some fried chicken. And that fried, I said, I don't even care what side you get me, just get me fried chicken. And so when that fried chicken comes, I can't open up the box and go, I can't believe I got fried chicken. What were they thinking? I'm the one that chose it. I'm the one that picked the fried chicken. Let me tell you something. Love's a choice, folks. Choose to do it. You can choose not to, but you can also choose to be in the will of God and choose to be outside the will of God as well.
Let's love one another. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. There's never been a time in your life where by faith you received Jesus Christ into your heart and your life for the forgiveness of your sins. Can I tell you this morning that God demonstrated that love to you? He commended that love to you through the sacrifice on the cross. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. You say, preacher, please remember me in your prayers as there one. What a blessing it is to be saved, to know our sins are forgiven. If you're saved, then you're without excuse. You're without excuse. Are you duplicating the love that God has loved you with? Oh, sure, there's people we love, but those people are easy to love. I'm talking about the people that are hard to love. Are you choosing to love them as well? Are you showing the love of God that He's poured on your life in their life? If not, why not? It's time that we let other people know in this world that we are His disciples. We're going to do that by our love one for another. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing. This morning, a hymn invitation. Can I invite you to come to an old-fashioned altar this morning and do business with God? Maybe God's speaking to your heart. Maybe it's about a specific relationship. Maybe it's about a specific circumstance that you're facing in your life. Give it over to God. Cast all your care upon Him. This morning, He cares for you. If you need to come for whatever reason, as the instruments play, this morning you come.